Acts chapter number 27 and verse number 35. And when he had thus spoken, Paul, the man of God, he took bread and gave thanks to God in presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. You can be seated. Go back with me, if you will, and look with me the first part of the chapter and chapter number 27. The Bible says in chapter number 27 and verse number 7, and when, and when we had sailed slowly many days and scarce were come over against Nidus, the, the wind not suffering us, we sailed under the creek over against Salmoni and hardly passing it came into a place which is called the Fair Havens, nigh whereunto was the city of Lycia. Now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed. So we know it's in the month of October. The fast has already happened. Paul admonished them. He advised them. He gave them some divine given encouragement not to do this. Verse number 10. And said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and the ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken of Paul. And because the haven was not commodious to enter in, what they meant was, this is not a vacation resort. We're going to be bored sitting around here not doing nothing. They ain't nowhere to party and get drunk and all that. That's exactly what it was because they wanted to go to a place that was known for that. Watch what happens. And because the haven was not commodious to enter in, the more part advised to depart thence, if by any means they might attain to Phoenicia. And there to winter. That is a resort place, a trading post, a place where all kinds of wickedness went on, lasciviousness, which is a haven of Crete and lieth toward the southwest and the northwest. Y'all remember what Paul told Titus as he left him there, talking about how wicked all those people were in the book of Titus, how, how they were slow. This is the crowd that's there in Phoenicia. Verse number 13. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, losing thence and sailed close by Crete. But not long after there arose against it a temptuous wind called Eurachlidon. And when the ship was caught and could not, in other words, a typhoon, a hurricane, a, a spinning circle of wind. Verse 15. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, <laughs> Bible says it. We let her drive. Amen. Verse 16. And running under a certain island, which is called Claudia, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, that the shallow waters, the murky waters, they straight sail and so were driven. And we, being exceedingly tossed with the tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. They're taking matters in their own hand. The third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. They're doing the labor of their own hands. With their own hands, they midden it, they, but they ain't getting nowhere. Verse 20. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, not seeing one sparkling thing in the sky, and no small tempest lay on us, up and down, up and down, diving down in the nose and the front and the back. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. It's bad when you get hungry. It's bad when you get thirsty. It's bad when you get bad news. But it's terrible when you don't have hope to live. And the Bible says, all hope that we should be saved was then lost. Verse 21. Here's what Paul did. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them while they're worried, while they're taking matters in their own hands, while they're losing hope, he's getting hope. Verse number 21. That's what the children of God ought to do. After long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me. He wasn't saying, 
I told you so. He's, here's what he's saying. You knew what was going to happen. God gave you a warning. And have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. Verse 22. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. Wait a minute. The storm's still on. The sun's not shining. The stars, they don't know whether it's day or night. I mean, it's terrible. They can't see nothing. They can't do nothing. Ain't out of the storm. And Paul's saying, put a smile on your face. Be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. Verse 23. For there stood by me this night the angel of God. The angel. Definite article. The angel of God. I preached from him long ago. Whose I am, I like this, and whom I serve. I know who owns me, who I belong to, and I know who my obedience is and my duty is. Verse 24, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Here, here's what he said. God said, Paul, you're going to make it to where you're going to go preach that gospel and stand before Caesar, and because all that crowd is with you, they're going to make it too. What spared 276 souls... Amen. Was the man of God on the boat with him. I just think that's a, that's a blessing right there. Amen. Hallelujah. What a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And there stood in, in verse number 25. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. He told them twice. For I believe God it, <laughs> that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island. But when the 14th night was come, as we were driven up and down in Adria about midnight, and the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country. You ought to put out beside on the side margin your Bible. I don't, I'm not going to preach it tonight. It takes about 15 minutes. Man, it's, good, it's a good thought. Things that happen at midnight in my Bible. Woo! Amen. Exodus. Amen. That's some good stuff. Matthew 25. That's some good stuff happen at midnight. Verse number 28. And sounded and found it 20 fathoms. So they got, they're, they're, they're dropping. Uh, they're dropping a line uh, with, with a sounding instrument. And as soon as it hits, they're 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it 15 fathoms. They're getting closer and closer. It's only about 30 yards deep now. And so when fearing lest we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. Boy, that's a great message. You'll put outside of your Bible there. Y'all remember the priest on it? On four anchors, uh, four anchors. Of your Bible. That's a good thought. And verse number 30. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea under the color, as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship, they, they're trying to blend in while everything's going on. They're going to sneak out. Paul said to the centurion, Amen. Here's what you ought to write outside your Bible right there. Hope in the boat. Amen. And Paul said in verse 31 to the centurion and the soldiers, Except these abide in the ship. Ye cannot be saved. Verse 32. Then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat. They cut the, all the lifeboats out. They let them go and let her fall off. And while the day was coming on, verse 33, Paul besought them all, take me. He said, he's done told them twice, be of good cheer. Now he's going to say, sit down and eat with me. Amen. They took. Verse 33. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take me, saying, this, is, this day is the 14th day. Put out beside your Bible right there what God's done on the 14th day. Hey, man. Go back to Exodus chapter 12. That's a great blessing. That you have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Verse 34. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat. For this is for your health. For there shall not an hire 
from the, hey man, from the head of any of you. There's not going to be one hair fall from the head of any of you. That's amazing right there. God's so going to protect them. I mean, I lose hair when I brush my hair in the morning. I lose hairs when I brush my hair in the morning. I lose hair when I wash my hair in the morning. He said, you're going to have a shipwreck. The People's going to be swimming on boards. I mean, you're going to be stranded on the, on the Isle of Malaysia. You're, you're going to be shipwrecked. There's nothing going to be, hey, but you ain't going to lose a hair of your head. My God, what a God we serve. Hey, man, verse 35. And when he had thus spoken, he, I'm glad he's got them all numbered. Somebody say amen. Verse 35. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God. Here's our text verse. In the presence of them all, and when he had broken, he began to eat. Verse 36. Then were they all of good cheer. Now, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Did y'all see that? He's told them, be of good cheer. He said, they, somebody, I got a prayer answered. Then he said, be of good cheer. Ain't nobody, nobody going to die. We all going to make it. Then he says, come on, sit down, eat with me. And he prayed. They, they didn't get it, Brother Jared, until he gave thanks. Something about when somebody gives thanks, it settles in the heart of others. Amen. I, I, what I'm saying is thanksgiving gets contagious. Amen. Watch what happens. And verse 36 again. Then were they all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. Amen. And when... And we were, verse 37, and all in the ship, 203 score and 17 souls, 276. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's different than the tackling. They're trying to work with their own hands. Now they're getting rid of the wheat. I don't know what it is. I don't know what wheat it is in your life. It can be something good. Wheat's good. It can be something in your life that you're going to have to get rid of and put your faith in God. Some things that we have, it's not that it's bad in our life, but if we're really going to have to step out in faith, we're going to have to get rid of what we think is absolutely necessary for us to live and put our complete faith in God. I feel like preaching that a while, but I, I, I can't deal with it. What is your wheat? You ought to put that outside of your Bible right there. What is your wheat? Verse 39. And when it was, when it was day, they knew not the land, but they discovered a certain creek with a shore into which they were minded, if it were possible, to thrust the ship. Did y'all see that? that they, they done got cheerful. They done got stirred up. Paul done got happy. He got to thanking God. They, it got to flowing over on them. They all got a little bit in on it. And they couldn't see the stars. They couldn't see the sun. That, hey, man, and something's cleared up because now they found a creek to drive that ship into. And verse 40, and when they had taken up the anchors, they continued, they committed themselves under the sea, loosed the rubber bands, hoisted up the mainsail to the wind and made toward shore. And falling into a place where two seas meet, they ran the ship aground. The forepart struck fast, uh, stuck fast and remained, watch this, unmovable, but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners. They, they done been saved. I, I can't believe this. They actually made it to shore. They didn't hit rocks. And now they just want to. Here's the flesh coming out. They want to kill the prisoners. Lest any of them should swim out and escape. Verse 43. But the centurion willing to save Paul kept them from their purpose and commanded that they should swim and cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards, some on broken pieces of the ship. And it came to pass 
that they escape all safe to land. Here's what I feel like the Lord wants me to do tonight. I, I, I'm just going to skip everything, get to verse 35, skip all the message and get to verse 35. I feel like that's where we need to be tonight. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 35. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread, Paul did, and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. It got contagious. Let me say it one more time. It broke out like smallpox. It broke out like the scurvy. It broke out, I mean, it's going to infect everybody. Hey, man, glory to God. When he got to thanking God, then were they all of good cheer. My Lord, he's done had God show up in the prayer room. He's gave them a word of encouragement that nobody's going to die. But what got them cheerful was him giving thanks. Oh, God help us today. I want to give thanks today. Paul was on a ship that was going, hey man, hallelujah. It was going in the wrong direction. It was being tossed to and fro. But what what the Bible say? Paul gave thanks. He had a grateful heart. He had a, a grateful heart is a good heart. Look what the Bible said in verse number 22. At verse number 22, he says, he said, I exhort you to be of good cheer. Verse 25, he said, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. You believe him just cause I believe him. Paul gave thanks. Hey man. Hey man, he had a grateful heart, a good heart. And one man said it like this. In all our learning, always learn to be thankful. If, hey man, if you've got a grateful heart, you've got a good heart. Do you know what the mark, what one of the identifying marks that were in the last days, you see it everywhere you go. You see it in young people. You see it in adults. You see it in every generation. I got to reading this little book. It's called The Birds of Wington. That's back when they made uh, children's books. I, I read it every once in a while. It's, it's back when they made, Calvin Reed, I think, is the author. But it's back when they made children's books so that school teachers could read the children's books and give a biblical truth, amen, without ever getting in trouble. And so they're teaching this little story and this little story's being given and he's talking about being thankful. He's talking about thanking God for all your blessings. And uh, one, one, one of the stories in the book, this little bird is, is going to be thankful for everything. He's thankful for every meal. He's patiently trusting God and waiting on God. Well, why? He's waiting on God. Y'all have heard me tell it. He said, uh, uh, the buzzer, there was the, the little chicken hawk said, I don't know why you're acting so pious. He said, I take what I want. I'm instantly gratified. If I see a robin, I eat him. If I see a cardinal, I eat him. I take what I want. I don't wait for no meal. What you going to eat today? And, and the buzzer sitting up there, he said, I'm just going to eat whatever God provides. And uh, he said, well, I, I don't know why you like that. You don't even know what you're going to eat. He said, see, Mr. Robin down there? I'm fixing to make him my breakfast. He takes off after him. Mr. Robin catches catch him out of the corner of his eye, takes off, and Chicken Hawk drives that stake Oh, Mr. Robin was sitting on right through his breast. He's struggling. He's about to die. And the vulture comes up there. Hey, man. And he looks at him and said, what are you doing? He said, I'm fixing to thank God for the meal he has provided. Hey, man. I'm telling you, I don't care where you're at. God is going to take care of you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15 says our praise, sacrifice, we offer sacrifice of praise to God. How often? Continually. That's the fruit of our lips. Giving thanks to God. Every day we come to church. Don't forsake the assembling yourselves together. But when you come to church, you ought to give him thanks. That's your offer. That's the praise that you give him. But it, hey, you don't have to wait to church to do it. When you're down on the job, just get happy and thank God. When you're down there in that grocery line 
and crazy in the milk's crazy amount of money and it's twice what it used to be and bread's twice what it used to be. You know what we ought to do? Instead of griping and complaining, God help us. Here's what we ought to do. Woo! I thank God. People are going to say, what in the world? I just thank God. I thank God. What are you thanking God for? The milk's crazy. The bread's crazy. I'm just glad I got enough money to buy a little milk and I got enough money to buy a little bread. Hey, it'd be all right just to clear you off a place and give thanks to God. Here's what David said. Seven times a day, I'm going to thank God. It'd be real hard, Brother Nathan, to get back slid on God if you have to stop seven times in a day and say, woo, I just want to thank God. Amen. Amen. Paul said, give thanks. And Paul gave thanks. He gave thanks. He tried to encourage them. Be of good cheer. He said, I just want to let you know, I heard my prayer being answered. So Hebrews 13, 15 says, he's reminding them Jews that y'all are after the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That's the fruit of your lips, giving thanks to his name. Well, he goes over to that church at Thessalonica and he said, I've heard some of you done quit your job and you're looking for the Lord to come back. Don't you know the Bible says, if you don't work, you don't eat. He said, despise not prophesying. He said, pray without ceasing. But here's also what he said, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, preacher, I've had a bad week this week. I've went through some hard times. I don't understand why it's me. I don't know about you. Maybe you don't think like that. I have. I've thought about it. Man, all I've tried to do is preach on so winning Wednesday and I feel like I've been fighting hell by the acre. Well, that's because the devil don't like it. He don't like it when you tell the other people that we ought to get busy sowing the seed and seeing folks' cheese brought in with us. We ought to go out weeping and come back bringing our cheese with us. The devil don't like that. He likes people to sit still and do nothing. And so when you stir them up, try to get them to do something, he's going to try to attack you. Hey, but you know what we ought to say? Thank God we're doing something right. If we never ran into the devil, we'd head in the same direction he is. But I ain't going to hell. I ought to be thanking God in everything. This is the will. Hey, God's in control. And ain't nothing going to get me that he don't allow to come my way. Amen. I'm in 2 Timothy chapter number 3. A mark. Identifying mark. And what I was trying to talk about in, the, in, the, in that kid's book. An identifying mark of the last days is when the church crowd gets to looking like the worldly crowd. Second Timothy chapter number three. This know also in the last days, perilous times will come. Men shall be lovers of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient, unthankful, and unholy. He said an identifying mark. It's not just gonna be an unholy life. He said when the church starts looking like the world. You say, preacher, that's a description of the world. Oh, no, it ain't. The world's always been like that. But when the church starts being unthankful, when the church is being unholy, that's when you know we're in the last days. How many people y'all know that's Christians, so-called Bible believers, but they're so unthankful. They're so un ungrateful. They have an ungrateful attitude. They have an unthankful spirit. But here's Paul in the shipwreck of his life. Hey, man, and he says, I'm going to give thanks. Hey, man. I mean, brother, listen. People aren't grateful. They're not thankful. But I'm going to tell you, if you have a grateful person and a thankful person, you have a character. And, and matter of fact, let me just say this. If you don't have a thankfulness in your heart, you've got a character flaw. There's something wrong with you. If you can't be thankful, Paul's content to trust God. He warned them. And I'm thinking the ship mariners and the masters and the sailors are probably thinking, what's a Jewish tent maker, a preacher, of Jesus Christ know about sailing. We know more than he knows. We're going to sail on. 
We're not going to stay down here. There ain't nothing to do. We're going to be bored all winter. We're going to go to Phanasi where the wickedness is at, where the worldliness is at. That's what we're going to do. And it was a deceiving win. It was a discouraging win. Amen. It was a destructive win. Would y'all say amen right there? It deceived them. They said, well, south wind blew. Better watch it. The devil let warm wind blow off of hell's fire. Somebody say amen. From the south wind blew. And then it, and it, be a, it was a distorting. They went off track for miles. It, it, it took them somewhere else. It's a distracting wind. It's a destructive wind. Are y'all with me today? Listen, we're, we're, we're facing those winds that are opposite. The, the Bible says that did not suffer us. The Bible said they supposed. Listen, don't listen to the wind. The only wind you need to listen to is the Holy Ghost wind. Amen. People aren't grateful. Successful people. Amen. And successful lives are some of the most thankful people you ever met. And, and that's true. Amen. Paul gave thanks. But number two, Paul gave thanks in spite of circumstances. It's always, <laughs> I don't even remember where God, when, I, when it was God gave me this. But here's what I thought in my mind. You're always traveling first class when you're content wherever you're at. You don't have to be up there with a seat twice as wide as you to be happy. If you realize that wherever you're at, God's with you, amen, that is contentment, amen. And that's first class. It's always first class. As a matter of fact, it's always first class when you don't expect nothing. Somebody say amen. When you're just thankful to be wherever God wants you to be, he is a prisoner. Now, Paul starts out as a prisoner, but he's going to end up in charge. Hey, man. Hey, man. He is a prisoner on the ship. He was falsely accused. He was on the ship in a storm. They were taking a journey that he warned them not to take. And here he is. He, he's not in a place. He's not in a, he's in a storm of somebody else's fault. He's not, he's, he's not deserving to be a prisoner. He don't deserve to be in this situation. He's in a bad circumstance. He's in a bad chaotic situation. And yet he's trusting God. He's content. And in spite of the circumstances, Paul's going to give thanks. I wonder how many people have got to make sure everything's right before they give thanks. I'm going to tell you what you ought to do. You ought to give thanks in the mess when all hell is unleashed. You ought to just clear you off the place and say, thank God I'm saved. Amen. Just get happy once in a while. I just keep remembering old Ralph Sexton Sr. Get thinking about his testimony. He is freezing. He is so cold, poor, couldn't buy a candy bar. Y'all have heard, heard it probably. And uh, man, he, he's, he's having the scrounge to make money. Tried just to make college, to uh, make his college tuition. And he's going out there to have to milk the cows to make sure all the other students that got plenty of money because he's working his way through college. And he said it was so cold, he took his shoe off and stuck his foot between the leg and the udder of the cow just to keep his feet from freezing. And he said, man, I'm telling you, I was cold and I was miserable. And he said, I just got the milk in there. And he said, Jesus, come into my heart. He said, I'm telling you, the milk barn lit up. He said, I got to shout and ram plumb out the door. Hey, man. Hey, I'm talking about when everything's against you, just get happy and thank God. Here's what'll happen. The devil will think you're crazy. He'll leave you alone and go miss somebody else. Amen. Amen. Paul's giving thanks, but Paul's giving thanks in spite of the circumstances. I don't have to have everything beds of roses to give thanks to God. Not only is Paul giving thanks, Paul's giving thanks in spite of circumstances, but what's just Paul's giving thanks to God. Look what he says. 
And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God. God is the real source of our blessings. James says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every single person in this room, every good thing that's ever happened in your life, God gave it to you. Everything, if you realize, God gave it. He may use people, but God gives it to you by the grace of God. I'm glad he's a good God, amen. Giving thanks to God, he will make you happy, amen. Thank God for being grateful to men, but you ought to be grateful to get somewhere and say, God, I appreciate you using them, amen. I appreciate you using her. I appreciate you using them. Paul gave thanks, and watch what happened. When he gives thanks to God, the mariners get in on it. The captain gets in on it. It gets contagious. Hey man, he gets happy. He should be of good cheer. They ain't got it. Be of good cheer. They ain't got it. But when he gives thanks and he breaks bread, woo! The Bible says, and they all were of good cheer and they took some meat. It's like what he did got on them. I say amen. You ought to praise God. It ought to signify your praise in Hebrews 13. It ought to signify your prayer. Philippians says, be careful for nothing, or Colossians says, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. Amen. Every time you pray, you ought to just thank God for it. Amen. You ought to be thankful in your praise, thankful in your prayer. You ought to be thankful in your preaching. I mean, David got to preaching one day about the ark coming back. He gets to his house, gets to preaching another message about the ark being back. Amen. He, he can't hardly talk. Read David's. Uh, he can't even speak hardly. He can't even write a psalm without getting thanks. Amen. Hallelujah. Your preaching ought to be thanksgiving. Your praying ought to be with thanksgiving. Your praising ought to be with thanksgiving. Just your everyday things ought to be with thanksgiving. Just the plan God has for your life. Paul gave thanks to God. Paul gave thanks. Amen. For what he had. You say, preacher, what do you have? He's in, he's in chains. Well, he's got food. Look what the Bible said in verse 35. And when he had thus spoken, he took the bread and he gave thanks to them all. Hey, he had food. It's probably soggy bread. It's probably moldy bread. It's soaking wet bread. It wasn't crispy bread. I don't like soggy nothing. Y'all know that. I don't like that stuff. It might have been moldy, soggy, good for nothing bread. But you know what? He thanked God for his bread. He was sitting down to eat. <laughs> Woo! Well, it's a few days we're going to be sitting down eating turkey. I'll never forget one of the last times I heard Paul Paul pray when he's on this earth. Here's what he said. He broke down and started crying. The boys probably remember it. He broke, broke down and started crying. He said, Lord, I look over this plate and you couldn't hardly find nothing. There was all kind of food laid out at Mama's house. He said, Lord, I just want to thank you for all this food. Then he got to cry and he said, I want to thank you that you saved my soul. I want to thank you that as far as I know, all my family's in here saved. But Lord, I want to ask you, Lord, that you, you should let us be thankful for what we're about to eat. He said, there's a lot of people in this world don't have near what we've got to eat. Lord, would you make a way for them to be fed? I mean, he was thanking God, literally, that he had something. Listen, I, I used to get tickled at Papa. He wore these wild socks. Oh, I mean, always wild socks. He had all kinds 
kinds of shoes. He had more shoes than Mama did. I ain't never seen a man love shoes. But you know why he did it, brother? Because when he was, when he was a poor boy growing up with all them kids, he never afforded, he never could afford socks. He never could have socks. He said one time, he said, uh, he said he remembers he was trying to court Mama and, and the boy that was trying to court her at the same time, he had them fancy socks with all them designs and he thought she was going to leave him over a boy that could afford better socks. So man, when he got to where he could afford socks, he had drawers stacked of socks, brother. He had all kinds of shoes. I can't, I can't, I can't remember time that I didn't see him. Boy, he said, brother Shane, come here. Look, look at all, look at these floorsome shoes. I mean, he wore size eight. I couldn't have never worn them. I couldn't have stuffed the right toe in. But he, he was thankful over his shoes. Listen, we ought to be thankful I got some boots. I'm thankful I got some socks. I've got some good socks. I got the kind of socks that go all the way up here. The kind of where your boot don't rub you wrong. Hey, man. I'm talking about God has been good to us today. And Paul was thankful for what he had. He didn't complain about what he didn't have. He was thankful for the soggy bread he did have. But here's what we do most time. We'll spend most of our time praying, giving God a big list on what we don't have and what ain't what's going wrong in our life instead of just taking time to thank God for the soggy moldy bread that we do have. Amen. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Paul, Paul gave thanks for what he had. Paul gave thanks for where he was. Paul gave thanks to God. But Paul gave thanks in public. It's what he did. Amen. He meant to do it. He said, when I pray, he's going to do it in public. This wasn't for a show. This was for a testimony. He gathered them around. And the Bible says, in verse 35 again, in the presence of them all. You know what he said? He said, I was praying over yonder privately, but now I'm, now I'm going to do it publicly. And he's thanking God. This wasn't a show. This was, this, was, this was a testimony to brag on God. If you don't give thanks to God publicly, amen, listen to me, don't be surprised if he don't bless you publicly. If you don't, if you don't give thanks to God once in a while publicly, don't be mad at him when he don't bless you no more publicly. Is everybody with me? You ought, to just, you ought to let get a case that I can't help us once in a while and just say, I just thank God that I'm not a drunk. I thank God I ain't got a needle in my arm. I thank God I'm not laid over my own vomit. I thank God that I ain't going down the road some other. Listen, I'm telling you, I've got some people I went to school with and they ain't alive today. They're not living today because of drugs and alcohol. I thought about it when my cousin was here this morning. I've got cousins that were younger than me that have died because of drug overdose. It's a miracle of God. Just go look in the jailbird paper. Look at all those people that were in worse shape and it's only the grace of God. I didn't deserve it no more than they did but I better thank God publicly once in a while because I like them blessings once in a while. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's give thanks today. Father, we love